traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of RPT Shorts. This is part of the RPT Network. I think that's what we're going to call it. Uh, We're going to have multiple, multiple, multiple shows and different podcasters we're gonna have a whole facility thanks to you guys thanks for all the support and all the love we just did denver five amazing shows we're headed to el paso amazing city shout out to my boy jaime the barber out there uh i no longer grow hair uh but he's still my friend he's still my friend because sometimes when you lose your hair you got to like break up with your barber and shit you got to ghost him you got to give him excuses like nah man man my wife wanted to do my beard bro i had to let her you know what i'm talking about but uh I had to trim down my beard because it starts getting real straggly and dry and, and the gray hairs and shit. It starts looking real crazy. Um, Let so that I, shit grow out. Yeah, I think I, I'm... I, here's what I need to do. I need to find me like a beard barber like you have. Uh-huh. Somebody that knows how to make that shit look fly. Sure. Because every once in a while, man, you'd be having like Cuban food somewhere and a, a, a white family pulls in and, and the dad got like some ill motherfucking... Like he rides a chopper. Like he on a big ass type of motorcycle, you know what I'm saying? Like dope ass tattoos, badass beard, and I just be jealous, bro. Dude, we we went to a coffee shop. You took me one time. It's down on Alabama, I think. Yeah, yes, on Alabama. Yeah, uh, there's a place right there next to it. I hear great things about. It. I've never been to it, but apparently some like the best like hairstylists and like you know beard gurus of the city work out there. Tienes un chiste, pinche beard shit. Tienes un chiste. So I don't know. It sounds it sounds time consuming. Uh, it sounds expensive, perhaps. They probably like, yeah, it's 80 bucks for me to fucking do your beard. It's a six-month wait. <laughs> you might not be wrong, actually. Uh, every time we go, we I mean, I haven't been to that coffee shop next door, Siphon, I think it's called. Yes. But um, every time we go, it's packed. It looks like people sitting there waiting. So, I don't know. Maybe. Perhaps. Uh, perhaps. Uh, El Paso. Yes, sir. You go, you've been there quite a bit of times. I feel mm-hmm. like, wasn't it Mickey that said, I feel like you're always going to El Paso. Yeah, I think she said that. Like, every time, I, it just feels like you're always leaving El Paso, going to El Paso. Is that like another home? I mean, we only go once a year, okay. pretty much. And I think we even like, we didn't like skip out a couple years, but we like switched venues. Like, we didn't do the comic strip a year or two. We like tried a theater, tried mm-hmm. a couple different things, switch it up a little bit. Um, you shot Cubo there, right? The music video? Cubo. Ding, 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 ding. And I recorded the song there. Written, recorded, shot, everything. Shout out to my homeboy Tony out there. He's an amazing drummer, but he's also a very, very artistic, creative uh, video director. Mm. Edits badass. Um, shit, I might have to get him to help with like a promo for like the Freedom of Speech tour. Because I love the way they edited that Rogan clip mm-hmm. where they took his little rant. And they're showing all these different things. So, you know, that, that's a hell of a vibe. Um, but yeah, man, looking forward to uh, El Paso. One of the times I went to El Paso, I was just kind of like opening up, like featuring, where you had like Lunel and Earthquake oh, wow. on the lineup. So I think my, the material I was trying was very new at the time. And um, this is years ago. And yeah, man, Earthquake's such a veteran. He's, you know, these are killers. Lunell's a killer. So in comparison, in contrast, it's one of those like, 
yeah, man, you're not used to doing theaters and you're not used to like, if it's not your crowd, you know what I mean? If the stage is too big, you know, if you were too relaxed backstage, you know what I mean? Like, well, you're just inexperienced. But now I know like fucking bring that energy, how to keep it up, how to like edit on the fly. That was in El Paso? That Mm -hmm. show? How did you end up opening for them? Shit. They're fucking, they're big time. Basically, there was a promoter. Uh-huh. There was a promoter involved, and it is what it is, man. Okay. I'm not gonna be like, oh, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. But they their strategy was like, we're gonna get all the military people. We're gonna target like the bases and get all like the military folk. And they had us trying to do like a meet and greet on base, and people were just like walking by, confused, like what's happening here. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, it was like a huge place. I think it was the Abraham Chavez Theater, I believe. And it wasn't all the way packed, even though you had Earthquake, Lunell, myself, and others. Um, <laughs> but it was funny because at the end of the night, we're riding with the uh, the promoter and shit in the SUV, and Lunell's back there, and she has no filter. And um, <laughs> she was, like, asking him, like, what's wrong, sir? Like, what happened? Like, maybe next time you'll get more people. Like, damn. I'm like, shit. She's, like, putting salt on the wound. Damn. Yeah. But, hey, it is what it is. Um, but I'm definitely looking forward to going back. I believe we have five shows. Badass. If, if they sell out, you know, we can always add, like, add one on a Sunday or, or, or do something like that. But, um, yeah, man, hopefully uh, the people of El Paso, you know, hopefully I didn't lose anybody with all my free, crazy freedom talk. Yeah. Uh, I know that is the land of Beto O'Rourke. I wonder how many people actually give a fuck about that guy there. Uh, probably not a lot. Yeah. Probably not a lot. Um, I'm sure if you're Lefty Larry, you're probably like... You know, we do need to give away our guns. And, you know, he's right. You know, we're all victims. And it's like, bro, why don't you just really focus on fixing the issues y'all do have? Yeah. Instead of trying to turn every tragedy into, like, a gun thing. On the last short, we're talking about comedy and innovation, Mm -hmm. you know, and entertainment. And we kind of talked about that last week as well. So, you were just out of town. And I feel like you had a lot of time to, like... Just be in the moment, worry about the craft, right? Go mm-hmm. over your notes, make sure that you're going to bring five hot shows. Any chance, you know, in, and even when you consume that stem, uh, did you have any thoughts or ideas about how to, how to bring like the next level of, uh, of evolution to the comedy shows? Um, well, I definitely wanted to have like a video intro, but the shit didn't pan out. So that was going to be part of me trying to step it up and just have the audience primed, just set the table so that they know they're in Chingo's world. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. even if you never heard of me, you could have seen some clips throughout the years where it's like, okay, I, I kind of understand. Like, he's like on some fucking crazy shit. He does characters. He does all kind of skits and parodies and, and so on and so forth. Um, so that didn't pan out. But, you know, um, really, man, one thing I was just focusing on is just my set. Like, how do I keep it tight? How do I improve how do I make sure that, you know, there's no, you don't lose them at any point. Mm-hmm. There's no like dips and gaps to where they're allowed to take over, yell shit out. You know what I mean? Get restless, go to the restroom. It's like, I wanted to fucking boom, boom, keep it. Boom, boom, boom. So I was doing like 50 minutes, 45 minutes. You know what I'm saying? So I wasn't up there trying to do like a whole hour and 15, nothing like that. Like I was trimming. I was trying to get to the meat. You know what I mean? Setting them up. Uh, by the time the Sunday show came came about, I was like leaning on the wall, on the brick wall. Like I'm leaning on the wall, making it conversational, trying to get my timing right. 
uh, every once in a while hopping out that pocket to come up and like do an act out or work the stage or, or what have you. But yeah, man, I, I'd say it was pretty like seamless. You know what's interesting is uh, if people haven't been to a show, or yeah, if people have only been to a show, let's say new listeners, new fans, or whatever, they started seeing you live around like 2019, 20, and beyond. Before that, you had a whole different approach to how you would do comedy, right? Mm -hmm. Where you would go out in in the chunks and time chunks, right? Yes. Explain that to new listeners and and just to kind of let let them know in like how you evolved from from dipping into the comedy Mm -hmm. and then starting the the, the chunks and then going to the full hours. Because that's when we started, when you actually started doing the hours is when we first started, we met each other, I guess. Mm -hmm. So, So props to all the comedians that gave me advice along the way, whether it's like a Steve Trevino, Juan Villarreal, different people who advise, like, just different things. Like, hey, man, it's cool that you do characters, or, you know, you might get tired of it after a while, or it's okay for now, or it's good that you're hosting because, you know, it's a good game plan and blueprint if you're just trying to get comfortable on stage. You're just trying to, like, get the confidence, you know what I mean? Get the stage presence. Um, Really just, you're a white belt, you know, in the very beginning. So... Hosting was a way that I was still able to hit the road, hit my markets, bring like two solid comedians that I would just kind of come in between. That way, no matter what, they, you know, they see me in the beginning, they see me in the middle, they see me in the end. Uh, They get a a taste of all that. They get a hell of a show. You're rolling with heavy hitters. And I didn't know every, all the like rules Mm-hmm. of the comedy game like nah man you, you ain't supposed to bring that much merch like what, what you got a flea market out here like mm-hmm. none of that shit applied to me because i didn't fucking know i'm glad i didn't know the rules right because mm-hmm. some of them are bullshit yeah or you're not supposed to do that or oh man hey that 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 rubber band thing you're doing is el mamado and you're bringing up volunteers and you're having to do the halamela hal, you know all that kind of shit it's kind of oh you don't want to be considered a prop comic or you're not going to get much respect from other comics. Like, you got bad advice, too. Mm-hmm. Good thing I was wise enough to know, look, man, I know what path I'm on. I know what I'm trying to accomplish. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm going to ignore you. Also, props to Rick Gutierrez, veteran comedian. He rose with Fluffy, and, and you know, he's a headliner, veteran. Uh, road dog. He's hit all the fucking clubs in the Midwest. Um, been in the game. And I brought him on, like, as my coach in essence right for like a good maybe like a good year where he'd roll with us you know we'd have him on for the weekend when, when he was available and he would like he was really like a drill sergeant he's like ex-army he used to be a bailiff in a courthouse he's like that coach he's like that father figure yeah hey man watch your fucks because mm-hmm. i'd be up there cussing you don't notice you're just up there like yeah uh, what's up man hey motherfucking el paso what's up and he taught me like i'd get on stage he'd be like 48. I'm like, 48 what? 48 cuss words. And I'm like, no. I ain't, what? No way. All right, let's, come on, sit down. Let's count them. And by the time we got to 36, it's like a little shit and a, a fuck and a hell, you know, whatever, whatever. And it's like, all right, man, cut it off. Yeah. Like, okay, I got you. But it teaches you to be mindful of those cuss words so that, A, if you ever got to work clean, you're not intimidated. You know how to do it. B, it teaches you how to maximize and be efficient with the cuss words. So, for example, if you're up there for, for 40 minutes killing them, you're not having to really cuss much. Boom, boom, you're killing them, killing them. Your shit's just funny. It's not that you're cussing. And then let's just say one of your punchlines requires a motherfucker. <laughs> that motherfucker's going to hit 
hard because it's like, damn, bro, like, you know, we ain't heard you cuss this whole time. So now it's just boom. You're using them like very uh, economically and efficiently, I guess. Right. Selectively. Yeah. yeah. Selectively. Yeah. Green just, new shit. So it has a maximum punch. Um, so I give Rick credit for being, you know, the one that basically trained me into a headliner. Like the first time I ever was like, so I'm not hosting tonight. Like I'm going on at the end. Cause he's like, bro, you have three 15 minute chunks. You know, you're going up in between Luis Juarez and, and midnight or whoever, right? You got three solid 15 minute chunks. We just have to help you trans work the transitions in between the three so you weave into them and you make it one whole chunk and you go up there by yourself at the end and you close out the night and it was miami improv and it was one of those where like like i'm walking the tight line Mm -hmm. where it's like don't panic don't panic you can do this hang in there you're almost there you haven't lost them yet keep going keep going okay somebody got up went to the restroom okay keep the energy up you know what i'm saying and like mighty soul was there midnight uh luis juarez uh, rick gutierrez and they're all there just like Hmm. oh shit dude he's halfway there he's almost there like fuck he might be able to do it dude he's at 30 minutes like fuck he's at the 40 minute mark he's going to his closer thank you good night Miami thank you for coming out oh shit he fucking did it he ended convincingly like he finished it on his own it was like all right man pat on the back you know good job kid like you 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 made it around the bases or what have you and um and after that, it was on and popping. That's when I met Andrew Schultz. Mm-hmm. It was that weekend. Oh, wow. So now when I was first starting to really, really headline, like going up at the end, not, hey, it's the Chingo Bling show, and I'm, I'm the host, and I'm curating. I got some killers with me, and I'll be back in a minute. Give it up, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, well, shit, look at Schultz now. I know, dude. Um, I met him around that time. But, um, so, yeah, I got to give Rick credit, man. I'm going to see Rick again. I'm filming something for HBO in San Antonio this month. September and um you know Rick's involved uh shout out to Rick and he's gonna help me um finesse one of my old jokes because they need like an eight minute set or some shit like that but um but what we were talking about initially whether you're in comedy or whatever you're in how do you know which rules to follow which rules to bend Mm -hmm. how do you like what's the word I'm looking for um how are you navigating? No, 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 no. There's a word. Uh, counterintuitive. Mm. Sometimes you have to be counterintuitive. I read the book by um, Emilio Estefan, the famous Cuban-American. Well, Cuban, yeah, I guess Cuban-American. Cuban-American producer. Miami Sound Machine. You familiar? Mm-mm. Gloria Estefan. You ever heard oh, of yeah, no, yeah, none yeah. of these people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Gloria Estefan, Miami Sound Machine. Emilio Estefan is her husband, and he's the leader of the band. Killer producer. In his book... He said how they first hit the scene with a hit, uh, rhythm is gonna get you. Right, bum, right. Bum, bum, bum. So they had this fucking Latin Miami, you know, you got percussion, you got this female lead singer, you got a horn section, like, but it's pop mm. and it's catchy and it fucking, boo, it blew the fuck up. It was Pitbull before Pitbull, mm. right? And, um, he wrote in his book, he's like, we needed a follow-up single. The label was suggesting that we, you know, do another rhythm is gonna get you. Instead, I forget the, the, the second single, but it was more of like a ballad. It was, they, went, they went left field. And it worked. And he just said, he's like, I just knew in my heart we couldn't do a repeat. I just knew we had to like 
show our range like we this was our chance to show what else we could bring to the table what kind of star gloria stefan could be uh, she could do ballads she could be a solo artist there's so much we want to do and uh because i think they just started off as like a little wedding band mm. and um but that was a a key lesson he said know when to be counterintuitive know how to be against the grain you know what i'm saying yeah. like and I, I don't know if y'all know this but like i do that shit from time to time like when you're supposed to be apologizing to all your gente and your raza for voting for trump you're like no i'm not i'm not apologizing shit i ain't, i have not apologized not once for any of that and as you see in the news i have zero reason to apologize for a strong economy a strong dollar <laughs> low unemployment uh fucking middle east peace and all kinds of shit but anyway this is not uh red pill tamales this is uh uh rpt shorts but um, so when I got in the comedy game, of course, like I mentioned earlier, people would be like, man, you don't want to have props. You don't want to have too much merch. You don't want to have to be doing this. Or I'm a real comedian. I don't do social media. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> let me know how that works out for right. you. Let me know how that works out for you. Let me know how you survive without knowing how to use the biggest tool of our generation, which is like the internet. Yeah. And now here we are. It's like, it's like as if it wasn't already hard enough to get something going in an audience and a plat- on a platform, we've, we, you, have mm-hmm. decided to yeah. like speak outwardly about all kinds of political views that are supposed to be, you know, taboo, right? Like they used to say, don't talk about, like on a first date, don't really? bring up uh, marriage, don't bring up uh, religion, don't bring up politics. And it's like, I, I always would just poke at those first. Like, why not? Like, those are like the most interesting subjects. Not only that, but... If you're getting into a relationship with somebody, at some point you want to know if they're a lefty Larry. You know what I'm saying? For just sure. depend, or even just religion. Like you might want to know if are they Catholic? Are they Muslim? Are they like evangelical? Are they atheist? Are they motherfucking um, you know, Jehovah Witness? Like, hey boo, are we gonna be able to celebrate your birthday? <laughs> are we gonna have Halloween or not? <laughs> Because that's important. You know, I mean, do Jehovah Witnesses even do Christmas? Nothing. Not even Christmas? No. Is that how you grew up? Yeah. There you go. Uh, Case in point. (laughs) You rebel. So, yeah, right. So, on dates, how would you bring bring it up? Like, would you say, hey, I'm Jehovah Witness. What are you? (laughs) Fuck no. Do you have a time to talk about the Lord? (laughs) I show up with the little magazines that they'd show up at your your door with. The brochure. No, man. It's just got to, like, just be direct about it. Like... Obviously, usually it's like what, after a drink or so, like maybe before you go have some dinner or something, you have a couple of drinks or a drink, and then you just start kind of poking fun at the fact that, you know, because also different life, different time. A lot of these dates were based off of like apps, dating apps, right? Whereas you obviously didn't grow up in that at world. At all, at all. So I would just make fun of the fact that a lot of people in their bios would put like, they would put like an X, like no religion on first. Like they would say like what not, they didn't want to talk about oh, on the first on, dates. on the apps. On the got apps, it, right. So it. you would swipe or whatever and they'd say what they liked and whatever, whatever. But I would just be like, you know, don't you find it a little odd that people don't want to talk about some of the interesting subjects that we all have to like, you know, that we all grow up around. And I would just kind of like, you know, like politics or religion or whatever. It's like and nine, nine times out of nine or 10 times out of 10, it'd be like, yeah, I know. And then we would just kind of like slowly start talking about those things. And it would turn into like a really like, off the bat meaningful conversation they know that you're not just like surface level that's always the way i went i went deep and then after i got deep i went even deeper if you know hey what I'm hey know what i'm talking about this is explicit that's right you know <laughs> sometimes you gotta be counterintuitive with these hoes that's right you know what i'm talking about it wasn't no rpt short about that e there wasn't e. nothing short about that you know what i'm saying 
yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Went off the rails there. But yeah, man. I'm glad. And me and Montessori were talking about how you have been literally against... The, that's how you, everything was, against the grain, you know, being uh, in front of the curve of a lot of th- trends and, you know, directions. Kind of like, I think what this is, it's like ahead of the curve for the majority of what we would call our gente. Well, yeah, because the Rio Grande Valley is, has turned red. All these counties done turned red. You know, they they tired of um, these border policies. and It's, it's like the bullshit. Yeah, everything. Like... Down there in the Rio Grande Valley, like they've had Democrat leadership, but they've also had all these problems and never got solved. You know, like unemployment and just education and just different things. I'm not an expert on the RGV's issues, right? Yeah. Problems or anything like that. But, you know, we are on the cutting edge. You know, we're on the right side, like meaning your freedoms, your liberty, you know, Second Amendment, First Amendment, the Constitution, the ability to keep America great. You know what I mean? Like, all this stuff we're seeing right now, we are not for that. Like, it's just debacle after debacle, crisis after crisis. And you can hear more about that on Red Pill Tamales. That's right. Um, but we definitely like to be against the grain, man. Like, even with my rap career, you know, stuff that people will consider gimmicky or novelty. Like, oh, man, you're not supposed to rap on someone else's beat or bobbleheads. Who the fuck don't a rapper, rapper got bobbleheads? That's for, like, baseball players and, you know, or... You know, what's up with the look? What's up with the name? Like, it's all fucking bitch. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, bitch. There you go. For sure. You got to stand out. Let us know how you stand out. Let us know in the comments. And of course, if you're a member of the Red Pill Tamales Patreon, you already chiming in. Leave us a message. Comment section is lit. And uh, I'll see you guys in El Paso, September 9th through the 11th. And um, maybe I can try to record some kind of little short or some sort while we're out there mm. uh, maybe it could be like a travel uh, a travel journal of some sort well i don't know how good the audio recorder is on these phones mm-hmm. or if you could clean it up but um i forget which comedians we have on that show but who knows right yeah we, we haven't got comedians on the show in a while yeah let me know talk to me off air see, uh, see what we can do but if you want to sign up guys patreon.com forward slash red pill tamales to join the tamal intelligence agency the tia and uh, get exclusive content. The premium episodes, Mondays and Fridays, are only there. So you can't get that. You'll get the RPT shorts and the Wednesday episodes, but Fridays and Mondays are exclus- exclusively for our people. For our people. Chingo Chats. And RPT Premium. And RPT. Por favor, believe it. All right, y'all take care. Hit us a comment. Hit us up. Holla back. Ooh, ooh. Traffic jams. Tailgating. Pile-ups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.